everyone. Thank you for listening. I hope you are all well. Today, we have a very inspiring and strong guest. Adia, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Nikki? I'm so good. And I'm so happy to have you here. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about you and what you do and all that good stuff. Of course. Um, so my name is Adia Watts. Um, I am currently 22, living in Newark, Delaware. Uh, and I'm actually, uh, I compete in beauty pageants, which is, uh, some can say it might be a little archaic for our time. I totally disagree. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently, uh, Miss Brandywine USA 2021. So I'm going to be competing for Miss Delaware USA in approximately nine days. So Ooh. that's a little scary. Um, and I also am a full-time college student. Um, I intern currently for a magazine called Lux Curves. I'm a copy editor there, so that's a lot of fun. And um, on top of all that, um, I also have my own photography company, Adia Jane Photography, and I currently write and publish my own novels as well. So it's a lot going on. (laughs) Wow. Well, congratulations on all that. Thank you. That's incredible. So, all right. So, when did you start your pageant journey? Of course, yeah. Um, so for me, it, it it's so funny when I tell the story. So I was, you know, a kid in you know the early two thousands, and basically the one show that everyone watched was America's Next Top Model. So I started yeah. <laughs> by actually just been watching that show as a kid, and then I was nine years old five foot nine and a size nine shoe so I was growing like super fast taller than most of the people in my class oh me too (laughs) yeah (laughs) and so everyone was just like oh you should model and I was like okay maybe one day and um I was also watching Miss USA every year that it came out and I was just like okay maybe one day that could be me you never know um flash forward to sophomore year of high school um, in my high school, they gave us class, iP- like they gave every single person their own iPad. So I was finishing up a history test and I pulled out my school iPad and I went into my email and I got this scam email that said like, hey, we're doing this pageant. It's going to be on Oxygen Network. I don't know if you remember that like network existed. Oh, I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so they're like, it's going to be on Oxygen. Would you like to be interested? And so that email was kind of the real start of everything. Um, wow. If I hadn't gotten that scam email, I wouldn't have looked into actually competing in a pageant because up until that point, I thought it was just like a, you had to be like super duper rich and like someone had to tell you about it. I didn't know you could, you know, use the power of the internet to go and look it up yourself. Oh, um, yeah. So I, I looked up Miss New Jersey Teen USA because I was living in New Jersey at the time. And um, then I was I've been really computer savvy my entire life so I kind of found a way to um hack into the Miss Florida USA website oh <laughs> to find um how to, to figure out how much the pageant normally averages out to be um so at the time for Florida it was twelve hundred dollars so I remember telling my mom about it and then she was just like okay maybe not this year but next year so the next year in 2015 I went and I competed in my first pageant Wow. Ooh. Well, that's interesting. That's very cool. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's quite insane. <laughs> it, it is. It is. Yeah, that's that's actually yeah. Wow. So since you've been I mean, you've been in pageants since I mean, forever. Um did you have any 
obstacles within your journey because I know a lot of girls in pageants and they have you know have struggled with their mental health they have struggled with their self-love what so what what has your journey been like with that sure um so when I first started competing in pageants um my main struggle was actually more financial than it was you know um about self-love and self-worth um because at the time you know I had everyone around me saying like Adia you can do this Adia like this is you totally got this like this is gonna be easy peasy lemon squeezy you know yeah so all of my worries were actually financial and I ended up finding this amazing sponsor um and uh, Carol Stowell, she runs a huge uh, construction company out of the East Coast. And so once the financial um, limitation kind of was taken care of, um, it wasn't until after I actually competed uh, for the first time in Miss New Jersey Teen USA that, um, you know, the whole everything about mental health and self-love and um, how you view yourself kind of came to the forefront. Um, mm. because then I remember sitting after the pageant and, um, when I wasn't, when I didn't place for the first time, I was, was bawling backstage. I was just like, mm-hmm. everyone was telling me I could do it. What happened? What did I do wrong? But then it was for that particular instance, because everyone was saying, idea, you've got this in the bag. I didn't take the time to build up the confidence. I didn't take the time to gain, mm. you know, the mental stamina and work on the walking and. Yeah. And working on truly being confident on the inside. Um, and that's something that I learned immediately after when I didn't place. And that every single year I've gone back and made sure that that, that I take the time for me. Yeah. Uh, because pageants are truly transformative in that way where you can take the time. It really is all about you. Um, it's about the work that you put into it. But it's it's the one hobby where, you know, being mentally aware of yourself is probably the best thing that you could do it it would definitely increase your chances as time goes on yeah yeah absolutely and you know like same thing with modeling too um it it is it can be misleading you think that you'll get a job and then you go to the casting and then you don't get it you know and it kind of goes hand in hand um well modeling and pageants i mean they're very similar but yet they're very different um what has have you heard any like mis? what are some popular misconceptions i've always wanted to ask this what what are some very popular misconceptions about the pageant industry and how it works sure so by the way i'm sorry if you heard any rustling just then my my cat piper is trying to get into all of my things it's it's great (laughs) (laughs) um so I think the biggest misconception about pageants that um, there's two of them that still really do affect um, modern day women who compete would be that, you know, um, beauty pageants, uh, they really don't look at the women from the inside. It's all about like outer beauty. And mm-hmm. because of that, most of the women who compete, um, most people think immediately that, you know, we're not the smartest, we're not the brightest. And th- that is like the farthest thing from yeah. the truth. Like if I, like the one thing I know for sure is that that, that is a complete and total misconception. Like 
lie of this it's it's an insane stereotype because i know so many women who compete who are doctors lawyers nurses like these are the smartest women you will ever meet yeah who compete in pageants and um i would also say that uh the next biggest misconception about women who compete are that um or pageants in general is that they don't really they're really just for you know men's gazes and um we're putting ourselves out on a platter to be judged like me and I've heard things like that and that again is the farthest thing I have ever felt while competing um when I'm on stage and like so many women can attest for this when we're on stage we don't feel like we're being gawked at you know (laughs) I would say that being on stage whether it's a modeling runway or a pageant runway you feel the most empowered you could ever feel in that moment because it's taken you a year, two years, three, however many years to get to that moment. That moment, yeah. And so once you actually get there, you're just like, wow, I'm actually here. Um, and right. you, you, like everything about like being judged kind of gets thrown out the window. At that point, it becomes, you know, muscle memory with all the practice you've put in at that point. And so you're just you're just up there. You're just having a great time, you know? Yeah, yeah and absolutely. It is it is really all about having fun, I think, in any industry. Um, and you have to love what you do. You know, the passion has to be there. Um, and you obviously have a lot of passions, not just not just brown pageants (laughs) um you have a lot you have a lot going on which is which is again incredible um so let's touch yeah so let's touch a little bit on mental health and you're a mental health advocate um why do you feel well first off how has your journey been with mental health and let's like talk about why you feel like that's important of course um so my journey with mental health has been, um, I would describe it an arduous, but, you know, mm. really fulfilling one Yeah, um, that takes a lot of work and a lot of patience and time. Yeah. Uh, it's basically started, you know, very young when I was also when I was young, I was very, a very quiet kid. I didn't really talk much. Um, I was that kid, you know, in the corner of the classroom with a book in her face all the time. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and literally, it kind of took off from there. Um, and, you know, as you as I was growing up, I had just noticed over time that I had these depressive thoughts and and I had thoughts of a suicidal ideation at the time. Um, but as a kid, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, I never did anything. Um And it wasn't until, you know, high school when, you know, I started to gain the confidence from pageants that everything kind of mental health wise kind of fell on the back burner for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But it didn't really start to take a toll, you know, the lack of work that I was putting in on making sure that I wasn't depressed and I wasn't going through the depressive episodes. It didn't take a toll on me until around April of 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, I was told some really traumatic news. By the way, I'm really sorry about this train that's coming through right now. Don't worry, don't worry about it. <laughs> but um, I was I was told some really dramatic news, and um, I was going through basically my first heartbreak. Okay. Uh, and because I hadn't put in, you know, the mental work and um, had the stability to be okay with myself, 
I spiraled and Mm. I ended up trying to commit suicide nine times from April of 2019 to June of 2019. Oh my gosh. So in the span of three months. And I think that's, that summer is basically when, when I started following you too. So that's when we got to know each other. Yeah. Um, So it's crazy how that all works out. But um, once I kind of got out of the spiral I started to realize okay Adia what you just did was not good yeah (laughs) and immediately that summer I was starting I was going through therapy um during you know I I guess you could call it my relapse I was actually admitted into a mental health facility so for a week I was um with mental health patients and um I was one myself so that was um a one experience that I'm actually very grateful for because if I didn't have and the funny thing about that experience is it was supposed to be a three-day stay um and but because Memorial Weekend was Memorial Day was that weekend all the doctors went home so it ended up being a week-long stay wow Um, but if it hadn't been a week I wouldn't have you know had the opportunity to talk that were there for as long as I did I wouldn't have had all of those opportunities to be able to reach out to certain people. I made friends in there that I'm still friends with to this day. Yeah. So yeah. it literally, it was very helpful. And this out. is kind of basically where my entire mental health advocacy started because I, how low I felt in, in that three month time span, I don't ever want anyone else to feel like that. Yeah. Um, and of course that's a, that's a big burden. That's a heavy ask, yeah. but that's, implement um certain tools for people to use um and that's why i've started even creating my own um kind of tool and method to help others who might be possibly going through the same things or have overcome the same thing with um my new photography project through my my company uh it's called effervescence and Ooh. i've only shot a couple of models so far and a couple of people who have gone through the same or different traumatic experiences. And mm-hmm. I'm eventually going to turn this all into a magazine. Um, the Ooh. part that kind of sucks for me is throughout the last two months, I actually have been, I had to take a step back because I noticed my mental health declining again. Mm-hmm. And so even right now I'm going through a mental health struggle Yeah, that, has postponed me and stopped me from doing the things that I really want to do. But I had to realize I had to take a step back and say, Hey, okay. I, if I can't be my, my hundred percent best for myself, I have to recharge myself first mm-hmm. before I can do that for others. Um, and so that's why I had to take that step back and why the magazine's been a little bit delayed, but yeah. no matter what I want to show through through me to other people how we can properly take care of ourselves and ensure that our mental health is the best it can be in the moment yes very well very very well said um wow yeah I mean your journey uh first of all um I'm so proud of you thank Uh, you and just I'm speechless right now (laughs) I'm sorry (laughs) honestly (laughs) um wow I mean yeah this wow I am so um I'm just so lucky to have you here and you're just an incredible human and just everything that you stand for and 
everything that you've created and oh my gosh I mean wow this is this is really really uh not only inspiring but it's beautiful I really appreciate that thank you yeah this is yeah oh my gosh so let's tie into uh your photography and I know you're you know you're taking a break right now and that's totally fine. I take breaks too, <laughs> you know, um, it's healthy. You have to do it sometimes. Um, what, because I've seen your photography and number one, it's, it's beautiful. Thank you. It's so creative. Tell us a little bit about that and how, how that all kind of started. Sure. Um, so actually it kind of started on a whim. Um, I've always been I've always described myself as a creative person and the writing was actually like the my first array into my creativity I started writing when I was like 10 years old Um, and I remember back in 2015 I did like this photography through um, Big Brothers Big Sisters which is one of the um, uh, charities that I push forward when like while I'm doing my pageantry work Um, and so I was a part of this photography workshop and they gave us disposable cameras like Kodak, Kodak, yeah, Kodak cameras. And I fell in love with it. Then we were taking pictures of uh, my town Asbury park in New Jersey at the time. And after, you know, the workshop ended, it kind of just fell through the wayside. We were able to show off the disposable pictures at like an art gallery. So that was pretty cool. And it's so funny because there's actually a YouTube video of the art gallery opening and they interview me. And so sometimes I look back at that, (laughs) that video and I'm like, Oh my God, I was so young. Yeah. (laughs) But um, it was literally insane. Uh, But yeah, it it fell through the wayside. uh, But I've always had this interest in, in any sort of film. So like video and photos until last year when um, uh, during the, the height of the pandemic unfortunately i was looking for new hobbies and um towards the end of it day my mom and sister were just like yeah we gifted you a camera so they just bought me a camera and then immediately i was just like okay cool and i just started taking pictures that's literally all it was (laughs) oh my gosh that's so cool wow yeah i mean you've done so much with it too um i mean again your work is incredible i i love it i mean like because I've seen a lot of uh, photography uh, and, you know, through a modeling and everything. And yeah, yours is, is very, very, <laughs> it's, it's uh, truly amazing. I, I love you. it. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. Um, so what, like, what about you? Do you, what, like, what's your message? And, and you wrote a book um, and, or I should say books. Um <laughs> And so what, what inspires you to write and, and what is your message to that? I, I find that very interesting. Um, yeah. So I what inspired, I don't think anything really inspired me to write. I think that just was kind of a luck of the draw kind of thing because uh, both yeah. of my parents are actually poets. Oh, and, um, okay. Yeah. They have <laughs> thousands and thousands of poems. Like my dad has this huge, like plastic tote filled with like, yellow uh you know the like the lawyer pads yeah yeah he has thousands of those pages like filled to the brim in this large plastic tote and so every time I visit him he's like you want to see my poems (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like no dad (laughs) um and my mom is a writer too so I think it was just something that kind of I was just born with yeah it's just natural for you yeah yeah 
And I was, like I said, I was 10 years old and I was in middle school. And uh, at the time I was in Catholic school. So I kind of felt like a tiny bit, you know, um, kind of forced into, you know, Catholicism and things like that. So that's what kind of inspired me to write my first book, which is actually the, the book that I've been working on for a while now. Um, I've been, this book has been being edited for 10 years, actually 12 years now. It's, oh, wow. And um, it has, uh, it's been near and dear to my heart. Um, and I've just also been, I've been constantly going back and fixing it and editing it and reworking it. Um, but the message that I try to spread through every single one of my books, um, because the first one that I published, I published my first one when I was 16. And there was a strong female protagonist um, named Elena in that book. And then the second one I published was more of a nonfiction work. It was a short story about actually about my mental health struggles in 2019. Wow. Um, but you could assume that the the narrator is also a strong woman. Um, yeah. And so that's also the case. And I think almost about 75% of the books that I've written. So uh I've always just been the one person like my one motto with my writing has been to have that strong female character to show girls who were my age when I was 11, you know, having my nose in a book that they can do everything and anything that they've ever wanted to do. Yeah. Because I remember reading books back then and it was like the Hunger Games, but, you know, Twilight was also big then too. Oh, yeah, yeah. you know, there's that argument about Twilight where it's like, is Bella in an abusive relationship? You know, what? so it was like, okay, maybe I won't write as many romance novels where, you know, the men comes in to save the day all the time. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so I've always just wanted to make sure that like us as women, we have to like stick together a little bit and um, yeah, yeah, and prove to ourselves that we are strong and capable and motivated to put in the work and the effort to get things done. Absolutely. So that's always been my one motivation through my writing. Wow. Yeah. And that, yeah, I mean, everything you say, it's just like, I'm just, yeah, I'm taking back right now. <laughs> you just have like so much like knowledge and like insight and oh my gosh. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. I mean, as women, I think in some industries we're very much thought not as an equal. Um, and I'm sure like I've dealt with experience like that. Um, and it's true. I mean, we're just as capable of anything we put our minds to. Exactly. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so also too, so how do you, I mean, how do you balance, you know, your pageant life, your photography life, your, uh, you know, your, uh, you know, author, you know, you being an author, I mean, how do you balance all that? Because, and, and everything else that you do, um, I mean, how do you balance, how do you find a good balance? That is the one question that (laughs) I've always struggled with, like my entire life. Yeah. Um, I think the one thing that I the the best way I could describe it is I've been really good at compartmentalizing mm-hmm. you know things inside my head. I'm not the be- the funny part is I'm not the most organized person in real life, yeah. but inside my head everything's in like its own little drawer and yeah. I'll only open that drawer when it's time. Yeah. Um so I think the best way that I the that I've been able to balance everything 
overall is just um, attacking it one step at a time. So there'll be one day where I have, you know, my Clark Kent job of being a Starbucks barista. Mm. And at the end of the night, before I go into work, I'll get in a little bit of writing. At the end of the night, I'll edit some photos. And then the next day, I'll have the day off. So then I take the whole day and I, I write out like a whole um pageant you know uh work list of what I need to do for that and and practice my walk and things like that so I think the best way to combat something like having too much on your plate is just to take it one step at a time and um you know the human mind is if you've accomplished one thing you get this kick of dopamine in your head that makes you want to keep going so unfortunately I kind of use that to my advantage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, that's so true. I mean, you don't have to be the most organized person, but again, it, it's within, um, you know, you, you have to take it one step at a time, you know, um, you can't, you can't rush it. You know, you can, you can never rush creativity, <laughs> exactly. as you know. <laughs> um, and yeah. And I, I also want to ask you to uh, relating back to mental health. What are some things because you've been through a lot with your mental health journey. Um, what are some things that have helped you cope with your depression? So definitely um, the one thing that I say, would say would help me cope, the two things that have helped me cope the most would be journaling everything, journaling my thoughts, my feelings. Um, and if I don't have access to my journal, I I am one of those crazy people that just talks to myself. I will literally like park my car at the end of the day and just sit in there and talk to myself and talk everything out. I've done that too. Yeah, it works. <laughs> it's so it, much it's very effective. I, yeah. I don't know how what what kind of form of self-care that is, but it works. <laughs> <laughs> um and uh the second thing is surrounding myself with good people, like good positive yeah. people. I think that that's so important. Yeah. I agree. I mean, support systems are everything. Um, and same thing with journaling. I agree. Journaling is great. And even talking to yourself too. I mean, I do that too, <laughs> you know, um, I, you know, like I've, I've actually done like mock interviews, um, because back when I was modeling again, like there was, um, things like that, that I had to do. And I, I would always have to get, I would always be so nervous, whether it was like a live stream or something like that. And yeah, talking to yourself, it does help. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it really does. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so before we go, I have one question to ask you. What is one word that you live by? I would say resilience. Um, just always moving forward no matter what. Um, I, I learned that that is the most important factor in life. Um, if you stay stagnant for too long, you could start to, you know, lose motivation. And I've been there and I, you know, even through this most difficult period recently, like I've still been there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not being able to move forward isn't always easy, but it's the one thing that it's going to happen with or without you. Time is always going to go forward with or without you. And so keeping that in mind, you'd rather take that and be a positive about it or try your best to be positive because it's not not everyone can wake up every single day and have it be sunshine and roses no, roses. nothing's perfect exactly 
Um, but just keeping that in mind and staying strong and saying, hey, I may not be feeling the best today, but I want to keep moving forward and keeping that resiliency. So I think that would be the one word that would best describe everything yeah. about me. Wow. Yeah, that's that's very true. And yeah, that word as well. Uh, same thing with me. Um, yeah, absolutely. Wow. Well, you have been an incredible guest. Um, <laughs> and you've been an incredible host. Oh my gosh, oh, I'm so proud of you for this podcast. Oh, I'm so proud of you too. I mean, everything that you stand for, again, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like fangirl moment over here. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you're incredible. You're incredible. So are you. Oh, well, that means a lot coming from you, Adia. It does. Thank you, Nikki. Oh, my gosh. And I, I wanted to rave your drawings and the podcast and your creativity. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, oh, you make me blush over here. Oh, well, thank you so much. Of course. Again. We've Every- been friends for two years. I'm sure yeah. this will keep going for a long time. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, we're in this together, girl. We're in this together. Exactly.